Welcome to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. I'm Rick Samprin. We introduce you to the new leader of the Ontario NDP. A local restaurant group is ready for the holiday season. Where are gas prices heading over the next few weeks? Carrie Price and the Montreal Canadiens have egg on their face. Find out if interest rate hikes will be paused in 2023 and the stars on ice return to Hamilton. The GMH podcast starts now. This is the Good Morning Hamilton podcast on 900 CHML. I know we have a a few mayors that, uh, you know, don't want to play in the sandbox and one being uh, Mayor Crombie, and I don't know what her issue is. That is the voice of Premier Doug Ford telling the mayor of Mississauga and other municipal leaders like Andrea Horvath here in Hamilton, Marianne Mead Ward in Burlington, all voicing opposition to Ontario's new housing legislation. He's basically told them to, hey, stop whining and get on board. Let's pull the rope together. Is that the right approach? I don't know. I do know this, Ontario's housing crisis is one of many issues that our next guest is taking aim at. Pleased to welcome to Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML, Marit Stiles, the newly acclaimed leader of Ontario's NDP. Marit, good morning. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks for inviting me. Have you had time to digest what being the leader of this party means? Well, it, 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 it has been a busy few days, I'll say that. But, uh, you know, yeah, I've been spent the last few months uh, traveling around the province and talking to lots of, of new Democrats, but also lots of other Ontarians about what they're looking for and, and what they need from uh, the leader of the official opposition, what they need from uh, government. And uh, I, I think what I'm hearing over and over again is that while this, this one campaign, this leadership campaign may be over, the real race that people want us to run is against Doug Ford. And, and that's what I'm going to be focused on for the next while. What does your husband and two daughters think about this move? Are they excited? <laughs> are, are they nervous? What are their reactions? Yeah, they're a little nervous for sure. My, my daughters are, you know, young adults now, though, so uh, they got their own lives going on. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're, a little, they're, they're a little nervous, but they're also really excited. They're really excited. Um, they're very supportive. I'm, I'm pretty lucky. And, um, you know, we, we know that my dogs are a little less happy, I think. <laughs> they know they're not going to see as much of me, but, yeah. <laughs> Andrea Horvath had a pretty good run as leader of the Ontario NDP. Yeah. The question that many are asking is, can you take the party to another level? Mm. Well, you know, for sure. I mean, uh, Andrea, you know, achieved so much for our party. We're an official opposition for the second time around. Uh, we're a party that has a really strong team, really strong MPPs. Uh, some of them from, you know, not too far from you. And in Hamilton, we've got Monique Taylor, uh, Sandy Shaw. You know, we we have a very strong team, and Andrea got us here. And I, I think that the next step is to continue the build, to build on that momentum, to connect with people, to inspire them, and to have them believe that we could actually do better. You know, that what we're dealing with right now, because I think a lot of people have been kind of conditioned to some extent to think that, you know, the kinds of situations we're having in our hospitals or in our schools is is kind of normal. That's as good as it gets. And and that's what, you know, that's kind of what Doug Ford wants you to think. But that, that's not it, right? That's not normal. That's not how Ontario should be. We could do a lot better, and we need to develop a plan to prove to people that we can do that. Marit Stiles is our guest here on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML, the new leader of the Ontario NDP. One of the big issues, and there are many big ones in this province, is housing. Premier Ford's mm-hmm. housing plan is committed to building one and a half million homes over the next 10 years. Part of that plan is eating up some greenbelt lands 
If Marit Stiles was the premier tomorrow, what would the plan be? Mm-hmm. Well, it would be to to cancel uh, the paving over of the green belt, uh, the development of the green belt. This is, uh, and, I, and I think for most people out there, you know, even people who supported Doug Ford in the last election are telling me we did not sign up for this. He said he wasn't going to touch it. He broke that promise. And there's no good reason for it. That's what's so, I think, making so many people angry. There's no good reason to develop in you know prime farmland, which we need. Our, our farmers need. Our communities need that food. And there's no reason to pave over our fragile you know, wetlands. So it, it really isn't about housing. I think we all know that. You know, they call this a housing bill. They say this is about housing. But this isn't about housing. This is about Doug Ford doing a, a favor for some very wealthy, a few very wealthy people who invested in that land. And some of them did it very recently. Uh, we've asked the Auditor General to investigate that because, to me, uh, where there's a lot of smoke, there's probably fire. I want to uh, I want to see what's going on there, and I think they should be repealing uh, any legislation that they passed that would tape over that important space. We only have 90 seconds, and it's clearly not enough time to talk about the healthcare mm-hmm. system and what needs to be done. We yeah. do know that there's long wait lists, staff shortages, uh, burnout, uh, overcrowding, overcapacity. What needs to change? Yeah, we, we've got a crisis, and this government isn't treating it like a crisis. They're, they're, they're throwing a few Band-Aids on the system, uh, and, and they seem to think, I mean, Doug Ford said the other day that when the Children's Hospital in Ottawa called in the Red Cross, they were thinking outside of the box. Are you kidding me? Uh, this, is, this is not what we signed up for in Ontario. This is not normal, and the government should be acting like this is the crisis it is. They need to be throwing everything they can at uh, supporting those healthcare workers, um, and that means also... Uh, making sure that they repeal that wage freeze, which the courts just overturned. I mean, they, they need to stop uh, treating people so badly. Our healthcare workers deserve respect. If we do not treat them well and we do not address this crisis, uh, we're going to see an even bigger crisis because people are going to leave uh, and they're going to go and find work elsewhere. Mart Stiles is the leader of the official opposition, the Ontario NDP. I really appreciate your time. Best of luck going forward. Thank you so much. That is Mart Stiles, leader of Ontario's NDP. A lot of heavy lifting to do from here until, well, the next election, that is for sure. Uh, but they're in you know decent position, being in second place. Whether they can retain that or escalate that going forward remains to be seen. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. Some great things to see and do here locally as well, including visiting an awesome local restaurant. There's so many to choose from. And one of the best things you can give a co-worker, hint, hint, a friend, maybe even a family member, is a gift certificate to a local restaurant. The good news is, the good news is there are many to choose from here in Hamilton. It's all part of our shop local feature this week at this time. Matt Kershaw is a chef with the Other Bird Restaurant Group and joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton. Matt, good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm good. You must be busy at this time of the year. <laughs> yeah, December is known as the time that uh, I work extra. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a great month. It's nice to be back to normal. Do you have time, because it's so busy, to create new menu options at this time of the year? Yeah, we're, we're usually working sort of three months ahead of time. P- people are planning uh, their corporate parties, you know, pretty early, so we've got our menus out quite a bit ahead of time. So what are the trendy meal options these days? Uh, you know what? Everyone still loves turkey, you know? It's uh, it's an annual tradition, and that's what people love. Really? So someone, I've never done this, gone to a restaurant and, and ordered turkey? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, at Raf Scouting, for instance, we do, uh, you know, change things up a little bit. Like, there's, I, I, I debone a whole duck, and I still have a full of turkey and chicken, and have a, a turducken just for, you know, just something a little different. And we'll do turkey stuffed, debone stuffed wings. And yes, it's a little different, but we still have the traditional meal available, and I would say that's still the more popular. Is the turducken actually good? <laughs> I'm pretty biased, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 rich. It's bad for you. It's, I think it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if it's bad for you, it's probably good. Uh, Matt Kershaw yeah, yeah. is a chef at the Other Bird Restaurant Group. Uh, it incorporates uh, the Mule, Burrow, Rapscallion, Hunter and Company. Uh, restaurant gift certificates always a popular item under the tree, and that is yeah. a great gift because there's so many great local restaurants, like I just listed. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's. It's at least it's something that someone's always going to use at some point. They do forget about them sometimes. Um, I'll admit that. But we, we had one coming the other day that was uh, nine years old. Wow. We, uh, of course, honored it. <laughs> but it was amusing to see our original handwritten little scrawling, and uh, someone had to make sure it was real. So. <laughs> Did they say where they found it? <laughs> I, I don't remember, no, but it, we, everyone had a good laugh. Wow. Must have been like in the in the sofa or something like that. Hey, we still got yeah, a gift yeah, certificate yeah. to the mule. Let's go. Uh, yeah. Speaking of the mule, you guys are expanding. Yeah. things have, like So we uh, we made some big decisions over COVID and came out of it um, in, in a new shape, I'll say. Uh, yeah, we recently sold the Arlington Hotel in Paris to a local company, Carmen's. And uh, with that and some other moves, we are planning on expanding out into the rest of Ontario. We have uh, a place in Cambridge and a place in London, a mule, uh, opening up in the spring. That's remarkable because, you know, in the depths of the pandemic very early on, uh, obviously, you know, people in kitchens, uh, restaurateurs were struggling because you guys really had to pivot. And now it's nice to see that uh, you're on the upswing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll say that's an understatement for us. It's a huge relief. Things, this is the first year in, was it, three years? That feels normal. Um, like the numbers seem normal, the staffing seems normal. Everything feels like it used to, which is a great relief. And um, expansion for us, we're really excited for. There's a lot of, you know, the mule was. It just turned into this awesome thing in Hamilton. We loved it and love it. And uh, yeah, we think we can do it again in other places, and that's what we're planning on doing. There are obviously still challenges ahead. Food prices being where they are, inflation is obviously a factor. What's the impact of those two things? It's not fun pricing menus right now. Um, yeah, honestly, when I put menus out and we look at the, uh, what the costs have to be, because we have to hit a number uh, for to make money. Sometimes it's awkward putting the price on the menu. Um, so, yeah, it's not pleasant, but, I mean, it's happening to everyone equally, so we'll see where that goes. There is some incentive to go um, partake in a local restaurant, especially those downtown, because at least for the next month or so, uh, it's free parking downtown. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Well, I was wondering why I didn't get a ticket the other day. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Matt, appreciate the time. Best of luck with the, the Mule expansion and the other uh, restaurants under the Other Bird Restaurant Group umbrella. Thanks for the time. Thank you so much. That is Matt Kershaw, chef with the Other Bird Restaurant Group. And as you heard, they are busy. And finally, back to what feels like normal again. That's some good news. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. Well, if you've driven around the city and have filled up from time to time, you will have noticed that gas prices over the last, well, few weeks have gone lower and lower and lower, which, hey, no one's complaining. No one is complaining at all. But experts say the low gas prices that we are seeing and that we are loving may not last too long. 
for a number of reasons. Let's get into those reasons with Roger McKnight, Chief Petroleum Analyst at NPRO International, and joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton. Roger, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm very fine indeed, and good news. Uh, tomorrow, gas prices are dropping by three cents. Wow, that is amazing. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a bit of a mystery, but uh, I think you should grab it while you can, because I don't think it's going uh, to gonna, gonna last forever. So what are some of the reasons that gas prices have tumbled over the last number of weeks? Well, it's barely been a push-pull uh, with, uh, with supply and demand versus uh, consumers' concern about inflation and, and the recession. And uh, I think the latter is winning because... Uh, uh, the, the interest rates keep going up. It's intimidating the consumer to the point where, uh, really, am I going to am I going to have a job in the in the near future because of this recession? And if even if I do, can I go out and afford the things that are on the shelf because of inflation? So that's sort of gradually bringing down uh, down demand for for gasoline and refined products, which has uh, forced prices down. When it comes to producing gasoline and, and oil, has then has there been an uptick, or have we seen a lower? Uh, production element, and what's the impact of that? No, they, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, the, re- the refineries are running, uh, and I've got to talk U.S. numbers because we don't have any Canadian numbers available from the government, but the U.S. refineries are running at 95% capacity, and this, this, is, this is December. That, that's astronomical. It, it, it's a, it's a good, good sign for the, uh, the refining industry when you can keep up, uh, keep up with uh, lowering inventories. Inventories uh, globally of refined products, including uh, crude oil, are in a, in a tight situation. But uh, refineries are often called the black sheep of the entertainment com- uh, committee, uh, are doing a, a marvelous job. If they're running at 95% capacity and you call that astronomical, what is the normal percentage that we would see at this time of the year? Oh, I would say 80, 89 to 90. Um, it, it, in one area of the United States, uh, the refineries were running at 103%, but that, which is 3% above design, so you can't go much faster than that. Uh, there are uh, many drivers who are probably thanking the Ford government for cutting the gas tax, at mm. least temporarily, which has helped, obviously. Oh, obviously, yeah, that, but that, that could change. That's about a five-cent-a-liter uh, uh, knockdown, but I don't know how much longer he can carry on with that. I think he's promised to go. I don't know what he's promised to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to have changed each and every day. Uh, Roger McKnight is our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. Roger is the Chief Petroleum Analyst at NPRO International. I mentioned geopolitical pressures earlier yes. on in the show. Yes. What are we looking at? What are those issues that are going to pressure gas prices? Uh, pressure gas prices up. Uh, uh, I think before I start, I think consumers should uh, take uh, take advantage of the prices right now because it's not going to last. Prices there's going to be upward pressure pressure on gasoline because uh, uh, geopolitical factors, including uh, the situation in China where the lockdowns for uh, yet another COVID outbreak have uh, met resistance from the, the, the general public, and uh, so uh, that would in- increase demand from for gasoline or for crude oil. Uh, from China because the lockdowns will be forced to to open up. The other thing is that the the drawdowns from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve will end. That's uh, uh, about a 900,000 barrels a day of crude that's going to have to be replaced, and that's going to force uh, force crude prices up, which will force gasoline prices up. Then the uh, EU ban on uh, Russian imports will mean. Uh, more, more imports of crude will have to come from the U.S., which will increase, increase the cost of crude in North America and put gasoline prices up again. And the final thing is the $60 barrel cap 
that uh, the G7 and Australia have put on uh, on on Russian crude. What uh, if you think our premier is is a bit unpredictable? Uh, uh, President Putin's even in a, a worse shape because he, what he could do in that regard is just cut back production completely and just jack up the price of uh, of Brent crude, which is the crude that really drives prices in Eastern Canada. So it, it's it's kind of a complicated answer, I'm afraid. Yeah, we're entering a tenuous situation because this is really the first winter of this Russian-Ukrainian war in which who knows what President Putin's going to do. That's right, and uh, in uh, 15 of the last 16 years, prices tend to start moving up uh, end of January and into mid-February and then slow down in after Memorial Day weekend. But So there's going to be a, a, people are going to be in for a bit of a shock, I think, in, in uh, in January, uh, maybe end of the end of this month and into January, it's going to be rather interesting indeed. Do you have a price projection for the end of the year? Oh God, I knew you were going to ask that. Question. <laughs> um, I, I think we're we're going to stick it in and around about where we are right now. Uh, the lowest we got this is the last time we hit a dollar thirty five nine was uh, a year and a half ago in July of two thousand twenty one. And the highest we highest we hit was a dollar eighty two and uh, end of October this year. So that's that's quite a that's quite a spread, and I don't think that spread's going to be maintained. Uh, you also recommended that people act now. That uh, you know, I'm, I'm just envisioning you know hordes of people at the gas no. station with their jerry cans filling up. No, I, I didn't mean like in the next hour. And a half. <laughs> we have some time. <laughs> certainly, certainly. Uh, uh, I would take this as a Christmas present from I don't know who, but um, <laughs> it's a pretty good present. Well, thanks, Santa Claus. Roger, we'll th- we thank you for your time. Thanks for joining us. You're very welcome indeed. Roger McKnight is the Chief Petroleum Analyst at Enpro International. You heard him. Get to your gas station now. No, you got some time. you got a few weeks to do so until prices start to creep up a little bit more. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. Why has Montreal Canadiens goalie Carey Price landed in hot water? Well, here's just a snippet of what's going on in Quebec. Instead of discussing uh, Carey Price, we should be talking about those groups who use uh, promo codes such as POLY, this is so unacceptable. So let's get into this. That's the voice of a Quebec legislator who uh, is criticizing Carey Price and the Montreal Canadiens after Price publicly supported a firearms rights group in the days leading up to the 33rd anniversary of the Montreal Massacre, which was commemorated just a couple of days ago. So what's the blowback here and what may or may not happen? Moshe Lander is a senior economics lecturer and an expert on the economics of sports, gaming and gambling at Concordia University and joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton. Moshe, good morning. Welcome back to the show. Good morning. This is not a good look for Price or the Canadians. Let's start with Kerry Price and that part of the story, a very ill-timed social post. Yeah, it was um, it was an interesting post. I mean, you know his his support of guns rights is is completely his choice uh his support of the particular group uh that is connected to his support for gun rights was a little more uh interesting and the fact that this guns right group was using a 10% off code if you type in the word poly uh short for the polytechnique uh school uh, was really questionable. And, and then, of course, there was the entire PR disaster that really came after when there was this confusion about whether he really even understood 
uh, what that pulley uh, massacre was. And that's where the Montreal Canadiens, the franchise itself, ended up with some egg on its face. Yeah, they compounded the problem because they came out and said that he didn't know uh, really what he was what he was wading into. And then he came out subsequently and said, yes, I did. Um, not to say that he was he was um, comfortable with what was going on, but he, he was saying that, you know, I've been in Montreal now for over a decade. It's not like I, I don't see that anniversary every year and it falls during the hockey season and it's a major part of uh, you know, the Montreal post-secondary scene for all of the universities out here. Um, it, it was impossible for him not to know. And and, and then they've been stepping on each other uh, repeatedly with sending out uh, tweets and, and Instagram posts that, that seem to contradict each other, almost to the point that they're not talking to each other or aware of what the other one's saying. It's a, it's a bizarre scenario. Moshe Lander is our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. Moshe is a senior economics lecturer with an expertise in economics of sports, gaming, and gambling at Concordia University. So despite the public uh, relations disaster, is there an impact uh, economically or, or the value of the franchise? Or you know, are people going to say, you know, cancel my tickets? What, what is the blowback in all this? Yeah, so the amazing thing is that probably the blowback is going to be uh, about zero to the bottom line. Uh, Carey Price isn't playing, he hasn't played in a while. It's unclear whether he's going to play again for this team and whether he's just a goodwill ambassador, although that's kind of a comical thought in, in light of this recent event. Uh, but, you know, the Canadians have been doing a lot of PR damage to themselves and, it, you know, it, it doesn't seem to be uh, hurting them any. Their their miraculous Stanley Cup run during COVID, I think, uh, created a, a little bit of goodwill that they can now burn off for the next little while. Uh, but, but the reality is that it, it's now a franchise that's over uh, or approaching 30 years without a Stanley Cup, which in Montreal is catamount to, uh, you know, the, the Boston Red Sox going uh, 86 years or the Cubs going over 100 years without a World Series. Um, you know, that that's where the, the damage is being done, is that the, the team is not a winner anymore. And the fans are starting to slowly lose interest. You're seeing empty seats at the Bell Centre. I, I don't think that this event is going to uh, accelerate that or, or, or change that trend any. If he had been playing, it might be a little more of a concern. It might create a little more... Uh, reaction in the stands when they see him, but he's invisible now. And so uh, it, it's more the tweet of, or the Instagram post of somebody uh, in their memory rather than somebody that's currently a part of the team. Athletes nowadays, and perhaps more than ever, have a bigger megaphone than ever. We think of, you know, Michael Jordan and LeBron James, Tiger Woods, all these megastars uh, have a, a, a huge platform to deliver their message. In light of this, do you think maybe even, uh, you know, NHL teams, let's just start there, will say, hey, listen, guys, listen, players, uh, you know, be careful what you put out on social media. Uh, obviously, they're already doing that, but does this um, uh, does this magnify their message? It does, and, and you're right, that players do have a much larger platform. I, I'm thinking more along the lines of Kyrie Irving in the NBA right. uh, and the terrible, terrible damage uh, that, that he's done with, with his social media interaction. Um, you know, if teams try and, and mute players and say, uh, you can't say anything like that, um, it, it's not like the players are going to accept that or respond kindly to that. And even if they were to somehow um, accept on some level 
that, okay, my main account can't be used uh, for that. My thought then is to go the Kevin Durant route where you have like five different burner accounts and you tweet <laughs> out whatever you want under various names, especially with uh, the, the weakening of the way that the Twitter is being supervised now with Elon Musk. You know, you could easily create a carry price account where the I is replaced by an L or the number one and everybody would quickly realize who it is. So I, I don't know that the teams are, are going to want to get into that sort of regulation and, and restriction. Uh, I think it's the teams are going to have to decide, do they want to employ uh, people whose uh, opinions don't necessarily coincide with their own? And that's no different than any other company where uh, if you say something, that doesn't reflect the views of your employer, the employer has the right to terminate your contract or, or uh, sideline you. I, I think that's much more likely to be the way that it would it would play out than to say, we're going to control your, your social media platforms. Uh, certainly, Carrie Price of the Montreal Canadiens uh, made the, the hot water that uh, they found themselves in a lot more muddier, that is for sure. Moshe, really appreciate your time today. Thanks for joining us. Anytime. That's Moshe Lander, Senior Economics Lecturer and expert in uh, the economics of sports and gaming and gambling at Concordia University. Certainly, I'm not subscribing to the fact that athletes should not be allowed to express their views. They, they should be. Absolutely, they should be. But they should also be extra careful because they do have that massive platform and a huge influence. And by the way, the social post that Price put a couple of days ago uh, holding a rifle in his Instagram post the gun he's holding in that post in which he's basically slamming the government for its gun control legislation, that firearm would be legal, would be legal under the government's current legislation. So there's a another interesting tidbit to all this. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. For the seventh and final time this year, the Bank of Canada has increased its key lending rate at four and a quarter percent. The interest rate now sits at its highest level since 2008. So what does this mean for inflation? What does this mean for everyday Canadians going forward? Ted Mallett is the Director of Economic Forecasting at the Conference Board of Canada and joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton. Ted, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing great. Thanks. It sounds like this last hike was inevitable. We've been uh, seeing massive hikes through the summer and the fall, and uh, the, the, the half-point hike that we see, saw uh, a few days ago was, was actually one of the milder ones. Uh, back in the old days, half a point was, uh, was, was considered very significant, but uh, uh, now it looks like we've reached almost the culmination point, so I'd be surprised if we saw any more uh, uh, large hikes, uh, maybe a small one, but it all depends on what we see for inflation in November. That, those numbers will be released uh, in a week or so. There was some debate uh, as to whether the Bank of Canada would rise or would increase the rate by a quarter or a half a percentage point. For for everyday Canadians, that's a big difference, of course. What is the difference when it comes to the Bank of Canada in deciding which number to choose? What they're trying to do is 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 quell inflation as quickly as possible. So <clears throat> their efforts are thinking of, of uh, uh, raise rates quickly and then hold off when they feel that they've made their they've they've done their job. So if they felt that they were only making incremental changes, then uh, then inflation might not be coming down as quickly as they'd like. So they uh, they they want to hit it hard quickly, and hopefully they'll be able to get into a stable situation for next year, 
And there's there's room. I mean, if if we can bring inflation uh, uh, down, and I think the, the the signs are that it will be start starting to come down uh, over the next several months and and quarters. Uh, there's probably room for between one and a half and two percent rate cuts over the next couple of years. So four and a quarter is the uh, the rate that we're seeing now is the benchmark. We think that the long term average is going to be closer to two and a half percent. Long term average being within the next five years. Uh, we'd say probably within the next three years. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that's good news for variable rate mortgage holders. Yes. Uh, uh, it's always a, uh, a question of, of betting on what's better to go uh, variable or, or, or uh, fixed rates, but uh, it, it certainly favored those with fixed rates over the past year. Uh, but <clears throat> we, we do feel that the bank has, has uh, uh, kind of reached almost its zenith in terms of uh, where rates are. There's probably some more room on the U.S. side of things, which means that uh, if the U.S. rates go a little higher than the Canadian ones, it would put pressure on the dollars to come down. Uh, so there may be some of those elements as well playing into the economy. Ted Mallett is our guest here on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. Ted is the Director of Economic Forecasting at the Conference Board of Canada, and we're reflecting on the Bank of Canada's latest interest rate uh, hike announcement. It's now up to four and a quarter of percent after going up half a percentage point uh, yesterday. We're we're being told that this is probably, and you mentioned the word zenith. This is the pinnacle. This is the summit of their interest rate uh, hikes. Why didn't the Bank of Canada say, I don't know, back in June or July or or sometime earlier this year to say, you know what, we're raising rates by two percentage points. We're not going to do this gradual climb. What would the impact have been? I think that probably would have been too much. Uh, there's there's no precedence for that kind of rate increase uh, uh, because at that point they didn't know the behavior of of inflation uh, over the over time. Uh, the war in Ukraine was still fairly new. Commodity prices were uh, were still very elevated uh, at that point. So uh, there's a lot of unknowns, uh, and and uh, the tea leaves have to kind of get much clearer for. Uh, uh, the banks to sort of uh, figure out, the Bank of Canada to figure out what kind of uh, measures. So the uh, the one percent increase that they they put in last summer, and then the three quarter rate uh, point increases uh, through later on in the summer were were also very strong uh, signals that they were trying to bring inflation down very quickly. Uh, it's been fairly uh, re- resistant to change, uh, to say the least. Uh, rates have been disappointing. Uh, uh, in the U.S., particularly where they they too they are running faster than they are in Canada, uh, but uh, at, at this point we feel that uh, the uh, the rates are now so far above the the neutral rate, which I said before is around two and a half percent. That's now putting some brakes on the economy. Uh, we've already seen signs of that because in the third quarter, consumer spending actually declined in. Uh, in Canada, with uh, uh, certainly the higher cost of of of, of housing or borrowing meant that uh, you know buying uh, uh, durable products, uh, cars and appliances and so on, were uh, were were much more expensive. So uh, we've we've already seen the impact uh, is is already started to gel within the economy. Uh, we are seeing a slowing economy, and we've we've, predict, we've been predicting that for for quite some time. Uh, whether it actually hits recession or not, uh, it, it's a bit of a moot point. We're we're basically into zero growth for the uh, most of the early part of of, uh, 
2023. So, um, you know, these are, are measures that hopefully will uh, work themselves out uh, more quickly. If the bank had done a slower job at at uh, raising rates, then we probably would have had more persistent inflation and a much tougher time bringing it down because uh, uh, people's expectations on prices also feed into waging uh, expectations, and uh, those are very tough to bring down over the uh, over the short term. Ted, is it almost automatic that if we do uh, get into recession, as many economists are predicting sometime next year, that inflation will automatically come down? That will it certainly will be help because uh, with, with, with a recession, it means that people are not spending as much. And if you're not spending as much, then there's uh, no de- less demand on the supply chains. Uh, and uh, if, if people are stuck with inventories, and there seem to be a lot of stores in the U.S., uh, 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 indicating that uh, they've got inventories that they're, they're having difficulty selling now, which means that there's going to be price cuts uh, on these things. So that that all plays into lowering prices, uh, or at least lowering the rate of increase of prices. Uh, so we think that that's going to have some measure on, on uh, solving this inflation riddle. Well, we'll all be following the bouncing ball, and Ted, you'll be able to assist us going forward. Thanks for your time today, and enjoy your day. You're very welcome. Thank you. That's Ted Mallett, Director of Economic Forecasting at the Conference Board of Canada. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. Looking for something to do, perhaps over the holidays or maybe in the new year, or maybe just maybe thinking of that outside-the-box Christmas gift. Well, I will point you towards the 2023 Stars on Ice Tour, because as of tomorrow, tickets go on sale for this tour, And this tour includes a stop at Hamilton's first Ontario Centre on May the 6th. Starsonice.ca is the website you got to go to to get your tickets. One of the individuals who will be participating, and there is an enormous slate of amazing figure skaters, world champions, Olympic competitors, uh, Canadian champs, including... Elvis Stoiko, who's our guest here on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML, a two-time Olympic silver medalist, three-time world champ, won the Canadian Figure Skating Championship seven times. Elvis, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you doing these days? Uh, Pretty good. We're actually on tour right now, um, doing the Christmas run and then preparing for the spring tour as well. So lots going on. (laughs) Yeah, you're on the uh, the Ice Holiday Tour with Stars on Ice uh, in Sudbury this weekend in London as well at Budweiser Gardens on December the 11th. What what is touring like? Oh, man. I mean, it's it's uh, a lot of rehearsal time the first week, tons of hours on the ice. And then we travel as a big family, uh, planes, trains, automobiles, hotels. Uh, you know, it's, and then just get up the next morning, pack up, go to the next city and then do it all over again. But it's, it's great because we have such a great, um, camaraderie with the, of course, the, the old guys like me and Kurt. And then, uh, you know, Patrick Chan's be, be with us in the spring too, but he's, he's retired now, but we still come a young kid. So we've got a good group of, uh, good group of skaters and we're just excited. What is the difference between competing at the Olympics and world championships and, and preparing for those and then participating in what is referred to as a show skating event? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of hours of prep, um, that we do in rehearsal. So if, if we're doing a show on a Friday, we'll, we'll, we'll show up on a Monday and spend, you know, eight to 10 hours a day putting the show together. Usually Jeff Buttle, uh, has all the choreography set up and, you know, we prep for the show. When you're getting ready for, um, <clears throat> excuse me, getting ready for competition, it's more intense in regards to training at home. And um, 
you do have to train at home to get ready for these shows as well because there's a certain level you need to be at. But you're not at like peak, peak, peak level like the training when we used to do quads and and, and all of that. It's very, very difficult. So the training and the mental setup is different. There is still a lot of the focus that you you want to perform well and you still have that intention to be on for the show that night. Uh, but sometimes, you know, some nights you can adjust your program depending on how your body feels. Because doing show after show after show after show, even even when I was younger, it's really difficult to, to sort of keep that up. So, you know, we got to stay in shape and, and stay focused. And, and uh, you know, we have a job to do and perform. But um, overall, there's a lot more enjoyment because we can really perform for the audience because we're not doing it for the judges and the marks. It's just for the, for the audience applause. Our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML is Elvis Stoiko, world champion, Canadian figure skating champion, and part of the 2023 Stars on Ice Tour, which will come to Hamilton May 6th at First Ontario Centre. You can get your tickets, starsonice.ca. would make for an awesome Christmas gift. You mentioned the body and the rigors that you put your body through. You turned 50 earlier this year. Did that number hit you differently, and are you skating a lot differently? Well, it's a great, a great question. I actually felt, when I turned 50, I felt great. I've been feeling really, really good. And it's just, you know, just staying in shape. I uh, don't try to allow my body to <clears throat> kind of lose a certain level of fitness because it's really hard to get that back. So I stay focused on that throughout the year. And then as we get closer to the shows, I just bring it up a notch. Also with, um, also with, with nutrition and things like that, I got to stay focused on what I'm eating and and what I'm drinking and, and so forth. So it's just really important that I'm cognizant of that because my body changes and it's changing so much in the last number of years as I get older. But I've been really lucky knocking on wood that it's been it's been handling the um, all the training, the rehearsals, and the uh, and the travel. So what you're saying is you don't have a dad bod like me. <laughs> I don't know. I can't mention because I don't know what your body looks like, so I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> it's much different than yours, Elvis, I'll tell you that. Uh, you mentioned Patrick Chan. He's joining the tour uh, in, in 2023. What is it like getting some new participants involved? Oh, uh, Patrick and I traveled a number of years on tour, and he's been off for an, um, a couple years on hiatus. I know he got married, had a, had a little kid, and, and he's busy doing family life, but now he's going to be back, and it's so great to have him back. He's such an amazing skater, uh, a great guy, and, and it's, it's a great addition to the tour. So um, with myself and Kurt and Patrick and the rest of the gang, it's just going to be exciting to have him back. You were the bomb in the mid-'90s, late-'90s, winning all sorts of events, all sorts of medals. When you're away from skating, what are you up to? Oh, well, I'm focused a lot um, on my acting, and I've been teaching a lot of acting, but my main focus right now is racing. So... Um, I've been racing cars and uh, doing that this summer, so I'm just focused on that as a new career and, and uh, hopefully going to move into that sort of on a full-time basis in the next uh, couple of years. That is pretty exciting. Elvis, thanks for joining us today. Best of luck with the Stars on Ice Tour. Thank you so much. That is Elvis Stoiko, two-time Olympic silver medalist, a three-time world champion, and a seven-time Canadian figure skating champion. An amazing career uh, that is continuing with the show skating events. The 2023 Stars on Ice Tour makes a pit stop at Hamilton's first Ontario Centre May the 6th. Would make for a pretty cool Christmas gift. You can get your tickets online at starsonice.ca. Thanks for listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. You can listen to the show live We 
weekday mornings from 5.30 to 9 on 900 CHML and online at 900CHML.com. The Good Morning Hamilton podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. I'm Rick Samprin. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. It's free so you never miss an episode. And make sure you rate and review.